0: Well, Jessica, welcome That's to awesome. the podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. I'm so glad that we were able to connect. I feel like uh, I, I you stumbled across, I stumbled upon you uh, all of a sudden. I saw that you were wearing a Solana's uh, sweatshirt one time, and I was like, mm-hmm. where, where did you get that? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and then, then you you said that you got it from uh, the Solana's Casey Center in Detroit, and I was like, what? um he has merch um so Not lots of merch lots of merch. uh one day one day my, my wife and i are trying to to get to to michigan to visit yeah uh, the tomb but um welcome to the podcast thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us um you the reason how we uh met you or or knew about you is because you have an instagram account that is called mm-hmm blessed by cancer um mm-hmm. i just i just want to read how you describe it for people to um to get a little bit of a taste of what it is um it is a cancer in pregnancy cancer in general health tips faith tips suffering with joy prayer community novena praying demon slaying preparing for the kingdom saint loving jesus worshiping traditional christian catholic homeschooling pharmacist and mothering page <laughs> just rolls off the tongue uh, yep. so uh, <laughs> have you
1: tried making an acronym for that with all the first letters I <laughs> like a book
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just rolls there's up a the lot. tongue, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's, there's
0: there's a lot to unpack there, but um, well, I guess first we we can get uh, we can get started with with your uh your journey and uh, like the genesis of uh, you started the the Instagram page to document right. your okay can can you tell us how how what happened. Oh.
2: so um basically it started during the pandemic in 2020 um so before i even knew i had cancer thought i had cancer any of that uh the pandemic is kind of it's funny how god prepares you so he used the pandemic to prepare me for the cancer because that's when i started diving deep into my faith i was listening to podcasts uh, by father chad ripperger who's an exorcist i was reading spiritual books. My husband and i made the transition to the traditional latin mass so we were just trying to look Mm -hmm. for something more because when you know the pandemic happened everything gets stripped away you no longer have the Mm -hmm. restaurants and the parties and the friends and the social stuff and you realize what is really important so I'm diving into all that stuff. Um, so God prepares me in that way. And then one day on in September of 2020, I just got out of the shower. I walked by the mirror and it was by complete divine providence that I noticed a dent in my breast. Um, it wasn't like a normal, a lot of times women will be in the shower. They'll feel like a lump when they're washing. I didn't have a lump. I didn't have any of that. I had just a tiny, tiny, tiny dent. Um, And so I even had called my husband over and said, can you see this? And he's like squinting. He's like, I don't see what you're talking about. Like, you're crazy. There's nothing there. Relax. What's going on? But of course, like any sane human being would do, you go to Dr. Google. So you Dr. Google it and what comes up, everything comes up. And I was nursing my third son at the time. I had a son who was eight months old, I think around then and everything comes mm-hmm. up. It could be a cyst. It could be fibroadenoma, adenoma, but of course cancer comes up. Okay. And so I say, yeah. listen, we're going to be better safe than sorry. I'm going to make an appointment. We're going to get this checked out at the time I was living in Canada. Um, and so I went to a center in Canada and they did an ultrasound on the breast. They checked it out and they came back. You nope. Know, likely benign. I mean, it looks fine. Uh, they suggested maybe mm-hmm. follow up in about six months and go on with your life. And so we were ecstatic. Uh, We just thought, okay, it must be some type of cyst or something, a fibroadenoma or whatnot. We'll be all right. Uh Then two weeks after that, I find out I'm pregnant with my fourth child. And of course, we're ecstatic Uh again. Um, You know, we are very open to life, very, very pro-life. And we were so happy to welcome our fourth child. And this is the child that... I want to say saved my life because if it wasn't for this child i never would have given that dent a second thought i never would have gone back to it and the way i got mm. back to it was when i went to the first ob appointment he had to take my complete history my medical history so he said and he had just seen me um, not too long ago like 11 months ago for the other baby that i was nursing he said, so he made a joke like what's new <laughs> with you jess like as if he hadn't seen me in years And so we're laughing and we're talking. I said, you know, there is something new. There's this dent I found. They said it's nothing. They said maybe I could check it in six months. I said, I don't know. I'm pregnant now. I think we should just recheck it. Something was just telling me to recheck it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we go get it checked. And um, when I do get it checked, this is now December of 2020 because everything with the pandemic was so backed up, okay? So behind. Yeah. Um, They ultrasounded again, but this time the technician's like, no, this is concerning. I don't know why they told you it wasn't anything. They pull me in for a biopsy just two days later. They wanted to get me an ASAP. Biopsy it. Four days later, I get a call in the evening of December 16th, and I'm told, um, I'm sorry, Jessica, you have cancer. And um, so at that moment, I find myself a 14-week pregnant, 37-year-old woman with breast cancer. It, it, it was Thanks. the biggest wow. shock of my life. Um, and I had a good cry. My husband and I both had a, had a good cry about it. But when I wiped my tears, I, all of the preparation God had put me through before with all of the research and diving deep into my faith and transitioning to a traditional, more traditional Catholic life, I all of a sudden I perked up. I said, you know what? God is all good. He is all good. No matter what he does, whatever he permits must therefore be good. It's simple math. Okay. He is good. Therefore, whatever (laughs) he does is good equals good. And so I looked in that same mirror. I remember going to the bathroom and looking in that same mirror where I found the cancer to begin with. And this is a true story. I literally did say this. I whispered in the mirror. I said, God, if we're going to do this, let's do this. Like, let's make something of this and that's Uh when i had the thought to start the instagram channel blessed by cancer and originally it was started just for i i I opened it to the public but i never thought it would be what it is today i just opened it for my family and friends to follow my journey along and i wanted to open Mm -hmm. it from day one because i wanted to tell god i jesus i trust in you i trust in you so if the world has to watch me suffer if the world even has to watch me die okay i'm gonna just put it out there and i'm gonna let people see where you take me that's how much i trust you um with Mm -hmm. this is without me knowing anything about the cancer was i terminal was i not terminal was i this was i that i put it out there saying i trust you i know you're going to take me on some type of journey that's incredible and i want everybody's eyes on it so we started the journey and um because i was now pregnant They can't really do much more than an ultrasound of the breast. That's the, that's the max they can do because you can't go under CT scans and MRIs with Mm contrast. you're pregnant. So I go to get checked out and lo and behold, they look on the ultrasound and the oncologist that I consulted with said, you know, it looks like it's one centimeter. It's, it's small, it's tiny. And the type you have, which is called lobular breast cancer, there's ductal, which a lot of women have that make that lump mine was lobular it okay. grows more like a line um and so he's like that type is usually slow growing and usually it doesn't even need chemo he's telling me he's like you know what you're going to be a seven-year-old woman chase around your grandkids you're not going to need chemo we're going to do surgery we're going to mm-hmm. take the lump out you're going to be good and so i thought my story was going to end there uh but god <laughs> had other plans
0: different plans, very yeah. different
2: plans And so being super pro-life, like I had always been, I thought, you know what? Okay. It's a very mild cancer. I don't think anybody's going to say the word termination, but just in case I'm going to go into every appointment and I'm going to make it known that my baby is number one. So I go to the first surgery consult because the oncologist is like, you're basically going to just do surgery. So you got to consult surgery first. I go to a surgical consult in Canada and I sit down and I'm all happy because I'm thinking, you know, this is just... It's going to be easy. She sits down and looks at me. She's like, okay, Jessica, I want to do, I want to do surgery right away. Like we got to get this done ASAP. And I'm thinking, yeah, because you want to get my cancer out. You want to save my life, right? Like you're really eager to save my life and, and, and my baby's life. And let's keep going. She's like, that's not really the reason why I want you to do it so soon. She said, you're 14 weeks pregnant now, right? I said, yeah. She said, well, at a certain amount of weeks, like, I, I can't remember the numbers showing maybe 22. I don't know what it was, but a certain amount of weeks, if I do the surgery then, and then you go into spontaneous labor, she said, I'm forced, I'm forced to revive your baby. I'm forced by law to revive your baby. She's like, and don't you think it's better to have, she's like, I'm sorry to say this, but better to have a dead baby than one that's in the NICU with complications. And so I looked at my husband, yes. and I said, "Are you kidding me?" And i that was it. that 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 meeting was done complete. I said, mm-hmm. "No, i I would not like a dead baby. Thank you very much. And um I my baby is number one in this case. I'm the second patient. My baby's the number one patient. I think she was taken aback a bit. Um, and, you know, it's just the selfish me culture we're in. I think she assumed me being, a cancer patient or whatnot that I, I wouldn't want to have to deal with a NICU baby at the same time of dealing with cancer. Mm -hmm. And that's far, far, far from any, any truth that anybody could ever say about how I would feel. And I think how any sane mother would feel. And so at that point I knew that's it. I got to get out of here. I got to get to the USA because socialized medicine in Canada, you don't have much choices. You're given what you're given. And I felt like if I go to the USA, um, you know, they're going to listen to me because I'm paying for that health care. And just a little background, God, God had prepared us for this. It's so incredible because my husband's a dual citizen before I even knew I had cancer before I even had an inkling of it. My husband just had the idea. And I think it was more because of the pandemic. Let's buy a property Mm -hmm. in Michigan. Let's get health insurance in Michigan. He said, because of the pandemic, like things are going a little crazy in Canada. Just in case, let's buy some property there. We can use it as a rental. We can rent it out to people. But you never know, right? Um, And so Mm -hmm. I run to the States. I get um, a couple more consults with with a couple more surgeons. And there was one angel of a surgeon through my Instagram that somebody connected me to. Again, this is how God is blessing me. She was one out of five surgeons that I consulted with who said, Jessica, I have, a, I have a, you know, this thing with lobular cancer. It's sneaky. Sometimes it's a lot bigger than it actually appears on the screen.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm
2: suggesting mastectomy. Take out the entire breast. And, of course, you know, you have four other surgeons telling you just take the lump out and you're good to go. And then you have one saying mastectomy. And then you have the oncologist saying it's only stage one. Any sane human being would probably be like, I'm just going to do the lumpectomy because it seems like it's not that big of a deal. But when I prayed about it, something was urging me, Jessica, Jessica, just take, do the mastectomy. And the other thing that urged me to do that, again, baby saving my life. I think if I wasn't pregnant, I would have went for the lumpectomy. The reason I did mastectomy, I only wanted to be in surgery one time. I didn't want to put the baby through yeah. anesthesia two, three times because imagine I go in mm-hmm. for a lymphectomy, they take it out and they say, well, wait a minute. It was bigger than we thought we got to go back in. So I told the surgeon, you you you've got my case. We're going to do the mastectomy. We're going to be one and done. I want no reconstruction. I want no taking out the lymph nodes. Might, like, I want to be in and out as fast as possible. And so we go into surgery that day. She opens up the curtain. I still remember. She says, are you ready to cure cancer today? Because, again, they're, they're <laughs> thinking it's one centimeter. We're in and out.
0: Right.
2: As I'm waking up, at, first of all, before I'm going down for the surgery, and, and I used Christ's um, suffering to get me through every step. And we can even talk about okay. that later. But when you go mm-hmm. in for mastectomy, they lay you out almost like you're laying on a cross. They put you on this stretcher that okay. has two arms that go out. And you're like, you're on the cross. And I remember as they were laying me there, I thought of Christ on the cross. And I proclaimed to the nurses in the room. I said, I am doing this for the reparation. I offer this for the reparation of an atonement of my sins. And those of the whole world against the sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary. They probably thought I was crazy. <laughs> but um, <Well. laughs> I, that's what really just calmed my nerves. And I offered it to Jesus. And I had one nurse who must have been a Christian. And she started praying as I was... Um, going under. Now, as I was getting out of the anesthesia, what did I hear? I hear some nurses talking and I hear them talking about how all of the lymph nodes had to be removed from under my arm.
1: Oh my goodness. And
2: if it's only a one centimeter cancer, they don't do that. You
0: don't want to don't. That. They don't take yeah. all your...
2: I knew this was not good. Now, at the same time as that's happening and I'm groggy and I'm trying to hear what they're saying, my husband unbeknownst to me was taken whisked away to a private room by the surgeon sat him down and he she said to him it was not a one centimeter tumor she's like in fact i opened your wife's breast up it was filled visibly she's like i've never even seen cancer this visible before it was visibly filled with cancer and not only that her entire underarm was visibly filled with cancer she said i am convinced she is terminal stage four prepare yourself It it has to be everywhere else in her body. And she told my husband, she's like, I just want you to prepare yourself. And then literally gets up, walks out of the room. She had a busy schedule. And my husband tells me he just sat there and he just, he almost died. Like it was that bad of what she told him. Um, And, you know, he was begging and crying out to God in that room by himself and just asking for him to help. And so (laughs) um, we get back home. Three days later, it's confirmed via surgical report that it was not a one centimeter tumor. And in fact, it was a 13 centimeter tumor. And 41 41 out of 44 lymph nodes were filled and riddled with cancer. Not only were they filled and riddled with cancer, they actually showed extranodal, meaning cancer had left, visibly left the lymph nodes. They weren't just contained inside. So all signs were pointing to Cancer has left your breast and nose and has gone into your body and into your organs and everywhere else. Now here's the problem. I'm now, I think I was around 20 weeks, I wanna say. I don't remember exactly. I still have six months of my pregnancy to go. So
0: there's choices.
2: Terminate pregnancy, get scanned, find out your exact diagnosis and treat according to your exact diagnosis. That was off the table for me. There's another option, do absolutely nothing, wait till child is born, then find out your stage and treat your cancer. That was looking great to me because I really wanted my child to have the best chance possible. Then there was a third option and that was, you could treat your cancer as if it's stage three C, meaning it's not terminal in stage four. You treat it as if it was just localized in the breast. So we do chemotherapy um, mm-hmm. and then have your baby scan and then we continue on however the scans show. Now I was very apprehensive to do the chemotherapy during pregnancy, but again, God provides and God, God had prepared me my whole life for this. I actually have a doctorate in pharmacy. I'm a pharmacist. So I knew exactly how to research this, exactly how to figure out what my regimen should be. And I teamed up with a doctor from pregnancy and Cancer sorry Cancer and Pregnancy Registry Network, Dr. Elise Cardonic. She spoke to me for about three hours. And it was, so, it was such a long conversation. But she assured me, you know, she has done these studies, thousands of women. She's like, you can do chemotherapy and your baby will be completely fine. She's like, there's certain chemotherapies that are, have been shown to be safe in second trimester blah, blah, blah. I won't bore anybody with the details, but what we did was we modified. I ended up choosing that route. And one of my inspirations for that <laughs> route was St. Gianna Bretamola. St. Gianna, right. if anybody knows about her, she had a um, deadly health issue during her pregnancy with her fourth child as well. And it was Gianna <laughs> Jr. And she also had Gianna three Jr. choices. She could either terminate Gianna She could um, treat, do a treatment that would be okay for baby and also possibly save her life. Or she could do nothing and have her baby and then just see what happens. So St. Gianna chose the middle road. She actually did the surgery that would possibly save her life and then also keep the baby safe. She ended up passing away after... labor I think from complications of labor a week after labor not in labor but a week after labor so she was my inspiration and something was telling me God was saying like do this trust um if you do this you're going to be a voice for the pro-life movement because not every woman is going to say I'm going to fall completely on the sword for my baby there's going to be some women who are going to say listen I want that chemo so terminate my baby because I want to live for my other children or something of that nature so after all of that research I agreed. I said, okay, it appears to be safe. If we do X, Y, and Z, we're going to do this. Um, When I went to the MFM, which was the doctor, that's the maternal fetal medicine doctor. He's the doctor Mm -hmm. for the baby. So I'm sitting there thinking (laughs) he was the only doctor that I went in relaxed. I'm like, this is my doctor. He's the doctor for the baby. He's not going to say anything bad. Right. And actually, sorry to back up, I, I missed this part. When I saw him, it was right before surgery. They wanted to check the baby to make sure he's okay mm. before surgery and to get a baseline. So, this, so keep in mind, this doctor didn't even know I had this crazy cancer that cancer, might be terminal. Yeah. He knew, he, he's thinking it might be stage one. I sit down and he's like, before we say anything, just know you can terminate this baby.
0: Come on. And
2: I'm like, terminate this baby.
0: That's how he began the conversation. He
2: didn't even say hello. He, he literally walked in the door, sat down just before we say anything. You can terminate this child. He opened oh it with goodness. that. Knowing that it's part probably a one centimeter tumor. He didn't even know. Um, now imagine I saw this guy when I had the 13 centimeter tumor, he would have been like, you must terminate yeah. this baby. Right. Yeah. So when he said that to me, I said, uh, never crossed my mind, nor will it ever cross my mind. And, I said to him, like, would it even change my prognosis? Like, what? He's like, well, at this point, no, it doesn't change your prognosis. I said, why did you offer termination? He says, oh, well, most women would get mad if they didn't know they had the choice.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. So, gosh. you know, from that really? moment,
2: I, yeah, I, I had to switch, switch that. Oh, doctor. feelings
0: will get hurt. Feelings
2: will get hurt if, if, we don't, get if I
0: don't say it.
2: Um, so, you know, I had all this craziness going on where people are saying terminate, do this, don't terminate. So finally, when I, we're getting back to the 13 centimeter tumor, I know my situation here. I know I could possibly be dying. I choose the middle road, but I wanted to, I told my surgeon, I said, listen, I've heard enough of this termination nonsense. Your baby's better off dead nonsense. Listen, I want a team that's going to respect my baby. More than me, like I want them. So she handpicked an oncologist for me that actually dealt with pregnancy and cancer before. So we sit down with the oncologist, we make the plan. I make sure that we do it in a way that saves baby and me. But at the same time, I also run to the foot of the cross. This is where I literally lean on Christ. I'm telling you, I had six months, guys. I could not scan, I couldn't find out my fate. I wasn't going to know if the the chemo was working. A lot of people can, um, check if their chemo's working and see if the the Mm tumor shrinking, there was none of that, none of that There was, there Mm -hmm. was, this was all based on a hope and a prayer and faith, hands down. So
0: so let me, let me see if I understand where we're at right now. So you started treatment Mm -hmm. that would be like the best bet to save you and baby. Yes. Um, but. There was no way that you could know if it was actually working or not. Right.
2: And by the words of my doctor, if I was stage four, this chemo would not really do anything because Mm. stage four, you require targeted therapy and we couldn't even target where everything was because I couldn't scan. So they were just doing this and hoping and praying that I actually was stage three C and not stage four. Um, so we're, this is where we're at. And I literally, I was the happiest cancer patient you would ever find in your life. (laughs) I was the happiest (laughs) cancer patient alive. I'm telling you guys, there was, there were times I cried at night. Um, you know, it would be maybe 3am. I, nobody would see, it would be random and it would just be, maybe I saw something on a forum that I was in or read something that made my mind go a little crazy, but, um, for the situation i was in it was very rare and the doctors would even comment they say man you are just so happy and you and what you're going through like what's your secret and i would always say my secret is christ my secret is god Mm -hmm. he hasn't forsaken me before he's not going to forsaken me this time um and one of the things that i did was i went to the blessed father solana's tomb after every chemo i was in detroit So I had visited Father Mm -hmm. Solanus after every single chemotherapy. Uh, We're also near St. Joseph Shrine in Detroit. I don't know if you guys have seen Mass of the Ages, but it's been featured in in that Mm -hmm. film. It's a beautiful traditional church. And in that church, I received the anointing of the sick. I did the perpetual novena to St. Joseph. I would go every Wednesday and venerate his relic. They have his apron, um, a piece of his work apron there, and you get to venerate it. And at that church, that's where my husband, when he went in line for communion, heard, he said he heard the words, trust in the plan. Like literally heard them. He didn't know who was saying it or what. (laughs) Heard the words, (laughs) trust in the plan. And so, you know, we were getting all of these, what I call God winks, which is just God basically winking at you and saying, listen, I've got this, like, relax, don't worry. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you know, we're going through this. I changed my entire diet. I, you know, went completely whole foods, plant-based for the most part, did some bone broth. I did some supplements. I did everything I could. Um, and I also, and one thing that, that helped me a lot was I listened to healing scripture at night for about eight hours on YouTube. You can even just YouTube healing scripture. And it's, it goes on repeat all the scripture mm. that tells you that God okay. will heal, heal you. I listened oh, wow. to that at night. I dove into spiritual readings. Um, you know, like I said, the sacraments, confession and Eucharist were huge for me. I went to weekly confession, whereas before this, you wouldn't catch me in confession for like, it would be every six months, if that, you know, that's just the way I was before. Um, This was, I was weekly confession Eucharist. So we do the chemo, four rounds of chemo. I have the most energy I've ever had in a chemo patient. People tell me to this day, I didn't even know you were on chemo. It's crazy because God was just holding my hand the whole way i'm happy i'm smiling
0: you didn't have any after effects of the the so
2: i never i threw up Uh,
0: side effects thank you i
2: only threw up one time and that's because i drank a carrot juice with garlic in it that i was juicing to (laughs) try i only threw up one time now did i was it perfect no so i did get some heartburn i was a little bit fatigued but nothing in comparison to the stories I've heard on the chemo that I, I was on, I'm on one of the harshest chemo's. It was one that um, affects the heart Um, like permanently. Mm. It can actually cause heart damage. And for anyone listening,
1: were you doing short sessions or long sessions uh, of the
2: chemos. They were long. They were long. It was like four hour sessions. um, And we, we spaced it out every three weeks. It's supposed to be every two weeks, but for baby, we spaced out every three weeks. So I would Mm. not have to take steroids and other meds that some people have to take. Um, and for people listening, thinking, well, how could you take that when you're pregnant? Just know there are some scientific basis to it. Like for instance, with the heart, um, because we're adults and we only have a finite amount of, of cells in our heart called myocytes. Like our heart doesn't keep growing. Once you damage Mm -hmm. it, you damage it. Right. So that's why the chemo to me is dangerous, but to the baby, the way it was explained Mm -hmm. to me in utero, this is how God designed the pregnant female. It's one of the most, his best creations. So the baby in utero is actually constantly remaking its myocytes in its heart, like constantly reforming it. So yeah, constantly, because it's still growing and it's still in in utero, it's constantly regenerating. It's almost like regrowing. So if if any chemo passed the placenta, which this chemo was not supposed to pass pass the placenta that much, even if the Uh little bit got to him, he was just regenerating his cells. And that's why they're finding... Babies, they follow babies even into their 20s and 30s after their moms had had chemo while they were in utero. Their hearts are mm-hmm. fine. They're uh-huh. fertile. There's nothing wrong with them. Wow. Because in utero, God designed it where the baby's just regenerating these things. um that's
1: that's beautiful. Crazy. It's crazy,
2: isn't it? So then, after all of this prayer, after all of these supplications, and on my Blessed by Cancer page, we did novenas. Mm-hmm. I introduced saints to people. I would say the saint stories. We did countless novenas together. And then my page started growing and growing. It went from 20 people, hundred people, 500. We were at like 3000 at this point, people are just praying with me. And then we were praying for their intentions too. Finally, Thomas, my baby comes into the world on May 30th, 2021. We named him Thomas Solanus, after Father Solanus. Love Casey.
0: it. Oh, I love perfect. it. Thomas
2: was after St. Thomas Aquinas, who I love his teachings. I was reading that during the pandemic. And also Thomas, Toma, means twin Hebrew. And I thought he was my twin in this entire journey. So we named him Thomas Solanus. Wow. And he was the most beautiful baby we'd ever laid our eyes on because he just symbolized hope and redemption and and, <laughs> and love and everything. And he saved my life. So after baby's born, now comes and he's completely healthy. Completely healthy. Nothing oh my gosh. wrong. Not one thing wrong with this child. Not one thing.
1: I've seen I've seen videos of him on, on your Instagram page, and it's just like so beautiful and so refreshing. Yes. And
2: he just turned a year old. And let me tell you, comparing mm-hmm. him to like I'm a mother of four, he's hit some milestones faster than any of my other babies. And a lot of people say it's probably cuz that healthy diet i was on right like forget the chemo the carrot juicing be. and the everything i did i'm telling you he's a strong like my husband always says he's like strong as an ox this kid so there is nothing wrong with him he's perfectly healthy But now comes the time, right? I have the baby. Well, now
0: you know, right?
2: It's time. Now you can know. Now I can know. So it's time to like pay the piper, they say, you know, the the oncologist (laughs) is just like, like this, you know, like licking her chops, like, let's Mm -hmm. go, you know, I'm ready to see. Um, And, you know, they all prepared me. They all were like, you know, gentle with me. I think they were very convinced I was terminal. Okay. So they're, you know, just preparing me, you know, it's, could be stage four. We could be seeing this and this on your liver. I'm like, whatever, whatever, whatever. We're doing the the sacred heart novena. We're fine. So (laughs) we baptized my son on June. I think it was June 12th. And it happened to be the feast of the immaculate heart. And we had just completed Mm -hmm. the uh, feast of the sacred heart. And then I ended up getting scanned on the feast of the sacred heart. And I remember walking into the CT scan room, seeing the big CT scanner. And I asked the technician, I said, may I pray And this machine? She's taking it back. She's like, sure. So I get down on my knees, hands and knees, and I pray at the machine. And I remember ending it with your will, not mine. Whatever you want, Mm -hmm. God. Whatever you want, your will, not mine, because your will is better than mine. They end up scanning me. And then two days later, I get the alert on my phone. That's scary. I don't know if anyone has my chart. It's this folder that comes on your phone. It's really scary. Cause then you know, the results right. in your phone and you're like, oh. so my husband wasn't around. My mom wasn't around and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Okay. I got to wait for them to check this. And <laughs> uh-huh. so I'm like waiting, waiting. And then all of a sudden my phone rings and it's the hospital. And I'm thinking, Oh no, oh, no. because they don't call you that can't be good yet. news. Right. And if they're calling me that fast, it's because they're preparing me for something. They're like, they didn't want me to open the folder. My heart sank and my husband and my mom are not around. And I answer the phone and, hello. She's like, yes, hello. This is the so-and-so nurse from Henry Ford Hospital. And um, yeah, so you just had a CT scan? I said, yes, yes. I'm bracing I'm myself. She's like, well, you know, that it's great. Everything's clear. You don't have cancer anywhere. We're not seeing cancer. But I'm calling you because your uterus was a little bit bigger and it's probably cuz you just had birth to your son so we want to schedule an ultrasound or something like that and I'm like <laughs> you really had to call me oh for that. Oh my gosh. But I jump right now up and down. I I could not oh believe Lord. that there was not even an ounce of cancer anywhere. So I fervently open up the report. I'm reading it. It's saying everything's clear. Stomach, lungs, abdomen everything it said absolutely no evidence of metastatic disease at that point my husband walks in my mom comes in like oh, it's like god designed this to happen right because i think he wanted to see in the last moment to put me through that last moment of fear and see am yeah. i going to break down and not trust him but i remember when i answered the phone I'm like, i trust in you jesus i trust in you and then finally my husband and my mom walk in and they see me on the floor and i'm like it's clear and we, they, everyone, we all just dropped to the floor, weeping, crying, holding. And as we're crying and rejoicing, I said, whoa, 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 guys, stop. Get on your knees. We're doing a rosary right now in Thanksgiving. We did a rosary. Nice. It was one of the most beautiful rosaries we had ever done. And then from that okay. day forth, they kept scanning me, guys. Like, my oncologist was just not convinced. It's like, okay, CT's not going to show everything. Let's do bone scan. Bone scan on the... Feast of the most chaste heart of um, St. Saint Joseph. St. Saint Joseph. Clear. The bone scan was clear. Okay. Well, you know what? We don't typically do brain, but let's scan your brain. She's like, we don't typically do it unless you have headaches, but let's do it. Scan my brain. Clear. Okay. Um, you're having a little bit of back pain. Let's scan that spine of yours. I'm like, are you guys like done with me yet? No. Two hour MRI. It was probably the most grueling thing I've ever done. Um, two hour MRI. I had to stay still absolutely clear. In fact, the person, look at the doctor, the orthopedic doctor looking at it said, I've never seen an MRI this beautiful. Like, this is like, I want to use it in a textbook. <laughs> um, and then they did a breast MRI of the area. That was clear. It, they, they can't find cancer to this day. And actually just today, My oncologist wanted me to do a scan after one year. Normally they don't. If you're not like a stage four patient, they don't scan Mm -hmm. you again unless you have symptoms. But she said to me, she's like, Jessica, you were so on the edge last year. I think I want to scan you again. I want to scan you one year later because I think she's like, cancer could easily grow in you in the next three years or whatnot. I'm like, yeah, 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 sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Scans me. Today I got the answer. Absolutely clear no evidence of metastatic disease. Praise God. Praise Jesus. And that's oh, where we're at gosh. today. I mean, they, they just can't.
1: I saw that video today yeah. <laughs> and it was so fun. It was so good to see it. Everybody praying for you. Everybody kind of like, saying what an inspiration you are and you truly are. I just want to know who's going to play you in the movie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Better be someone good. I don't know. You know what the inspiration, Jesus Christ, God, Holy spirit, you know, that's the inspiration. I tell everyone this, like, you know, people say all these the time, they're like, you're an inspiration, you're this, you're that. I'm like, you know what? I'm nothing except for, you can give me credit for one thing. I said yes to his will and I trusted him. And mm. any one of us can do that. Any one of us can do that. But it is hard. It is hard. Um, the flesh totally. over the spirit can be quite grueling at times. Um, but that's what I did. I trusted and I said yes to his will and He hasn't steered me wrong since. He hasn't steered me wrong.
1: I just think how it's so interesting how the preparation happened, you know, because you were telling us that uh, during COVID, you started getting more in touch with your faith and being more intentional about it. And that's, that wasn't by accident, clearly, you know, there's a, there's a perfect plan. And how, how do you, now that you see it in retrospect, you know, what was the other road, you know, how, how did that start happening in terms of like, okay, I'm, I just need to be more intentional about my faith. Cause if you wouldn't have, we don't know if we would even be talking complete, to you. Now. Yeah. yeah.
2: Complete divine providence that I dove into my faith beforehand. Um, that was all God because there was even times I was, I don't know if you know, father Chad Ripper, he's an exorcist. He's got right. some great lectures online. There was times I was listening to his lectures. I'd fall asleep at night and I'd listen to it and I'd be falling asleep but literally something would wake me up at a time that I had to hear that those exact words. And I think at one point he was taught one time, I remember literally being jolted awake and he was talking about suffering uh, with purpose and some redemptive suffering. He was talking about yes. that. And I'm like, okay, like, god i guess you're waking me up for this and i'm thinking why and at the time i was suffering in my life it was the pandemic and in canada if you guys know it was pretty bad it was pretty locked down and so i thought that's why god's jolting me and waking me up like hey you know don't worry about the suffering you're going meanwhile i had no idea it was going to be cancer um but he just he had me go through it and and looking back it was because of like i said the pandemic see how god takes the bad things and he uses them for good he uses them for good he used Mm -hmm. that really hard time people were going through where um you know you just felt isolated and you know you couldn't even go anywhere and everyone's wearing masks and you couldn't even see your doctor and it was just terrible he took that time mm-hmm. and that's what he is used to inspire me to say jessica look more you're not looking hard enough look more. Mm-hmm. look into my scripture look into the mass what is the mass you know i used to i've always been a A faithful catholic i mean i go to mass every sunday i said my rosary every day but you know i was distracted when i said the rosary when i went to mass i was just kind of like going through the motions i never really realized we're going through the entire crucifixion at every mass and we're celebrating the holy sacrifice like when i go to mass now it's completely different the way i'm interacting and watching and listening And, and all of that is what helped me to suffer with purpose through this whole cancer, just all of that research, diving into the faith, because when you do that, when you dive into your faith, you learn that this life is just so finite and so quick and that there is way more eternal life is much, much, much more important. So when I got cancer Mm -hmm. and I said, let's do this, God, let's do this. I thought in my head, and I put a reel about this recently, cha-ching. It's almost like a cha-ching, like, hey, this is my road to heaven. I'm going to get it's treasures in heaven. It's my ticket. I get to yeah. suffer. I get to show God how much I trust him. I get to offer sufferings in in atonement for the sins I committed back in the day when I was like this cafeteria Catholic, when I kind of right. just pick and chose what I wanted to do and believe. You know, that that's looking back. It was just divine providence. That's all I can say that he had me do. And I'm so grateful to him for having me do that, having me dive deeper. And that's what my page is for. I'm trying to push people to dive deeper, um, while they're going through tough times or even before they go through a tough time. I just want everybody to know the secret, you know, the secret to life.
0: And you were telling us uh, before we started rolling about how, um, you encountered or how, uh, blessed Casey came into your life, but oh, yeah. how, how much of, uh, um, of a role did he have in, in all of this that you just told us about this incredible story?
2: He is literally, he sought me out. You know, when they say a Saint looks for you, he's he looking yes, yes, for mm-hmm. me and I'll tell you why it was actually a very <laughs> miraculous story. So, when we found out I had a 13 centimeter tumor, I was likely terminal. um, We had to tell my family. So it's like, I have one brother and I have three sisters. And I told my brother, my brother is the one who, during the pandemic, he was already going to the traditional Latin mass. And he's kind of the one who kind of gently started pulling me to that way, the traditional Catholic way. Um, So, Mm -hmm. you know, he's really, he prays with a lot of um, purpose and, and and urgency. So one night he was praying for me because he was just so distraught. He was so distraught Mm. that I could be dying. And he said to me, he's like, you know, Jess, I was praying and I said the prayer. And at the end I said, thank you in advance, signed Bobby. And then he stopped and said, thank you in advance. Why did I say that? I never say that when I pray what's going on here. So then he said, listen, I'm going to go to sleep. I need to sleep right now. So he sleeps. Then he has this dream. He has a dream of myself and my mother. Um, and we're on this, we this really rough terrain. It looked terrible, like uneven land, dry desert. And we're standing there and just rough terrain. He said, then all of a sudden the terrain started turning to beautiful grassy plains, flowers, like everything started changing into gorgeousness and, and beautifulness. And he thought, Okay, he wakes up. He's like, wow, okay, maybe that's a sign that everything's going to be okay. I don't know. He's like, I'm going crazy. This is all crazy. I'm going to (laughs) watch some TV. You know, get my mind off all this stuff. So he goes on his phone, and he has one of those apps that it's like live TV. You don't pick the program. right? So he's like, I'm just going to watch whatever comes on. So he turns it on. What was on? You guys are not going to believe this. Unsolved Mysteries. Yes. Yeah. So you know, you know, because you're a blessed father Solanus love. Um, the unsolved mysteries episode where Blessed Father Solanus healed a woman with breast cancer. Not only was it on that episode, it opened to that segment. Like it wasn't even the beginning. Oh he literally gosh. opened his phone and it started <laughs> no talking way. about Blessed Father Solanus and and this woman being healed from cancer. And then right at the end it says Blessed Father Solanus is located in Detroit. No, my brother's like, whoa, Jessica's in Detroit. okay i gotta look this guy up he's like i kind of remember jessica talking about him because way back like we were talking about before we did the recording Mm -hmm. my husband had a health scare back in 2014 and his mom prayed to bless her father solanus for him because they're from michigan his family's from michigan and we believe we attribute his intercession to my husband never relapsing again and just being healthy since that um Mm -hmm. and i always thought father solanus was kind of like his guy and i never really paid too much attention to father solanus so my brother's like, I got to look him up. So he looks him up when he types in his name. What's the first thing he sees on Google? Blessed father Solanus thanking God ahead, of time. ahead and of time. Remember how he said, thank you. God in advance signed Bobby. He said, my goodness, this guy wants my sister to go to him. So he called me and I said to him, "Yeah, I know who Blessed father Solanus is. And he, when he told me the story, I said, that's it. And I looked on, on Google maps or whatever. The, the app is yeah. and i typed in the infusion center where i was getting chemo and then the location of the tomb it was literally seven minutes
0: seven minutes <laughs> oh, no.
2: from my chemo center i said if this is not blessed father solana saying hey come to my tomb i'll do you a favor wink
0: i don't oh, know no. what is
2: so come my husband over. and I, yeah that's what we did after every chemo we went to the blessed father solana's tomb we would pray we would put our notes in his um, little basket there at his tomb. Um, mm-hmm. I also did the healing mass there. They offer healing mass every Wednesday and Sunday. I did the mm-hmm. healing mass there. I spread devotion to him. So now I get those little badges that they give with his third class mm-hmm. relic that touched his tomb. I really mail nice. it all over the world. Just yesterday I was mailing three to Australia. I mail them all oh, over nice. the place. I want everyone start to start doing
0: them. that, Gustavo. Yeah we should definitely I just do want everyone know? to
2: know who he is and so i definitely attribute a lot of you know my a lot of the intercession to him and saint gianna i believe saint gianna was helping my pregnancy i put her on the case of the pregnancy i had right. her uh, second second class relic with me during the labor and fun fact Her daughter actually emailed me and sent me relics. Her daughter, Gianna. No yeah, The Gianna sent me 10 of her mom's relics. She prayed for me. Um, She prayed for Thomas to be born healthy. So St. Gianna was on that case. And then once Thomas was born, we all did a big novena to uh, Father Solanus. And I attributed him to my healing. I actually submitted my case. And um, I was
0: going to ask you if you did that already.
2: I did. So it's on file. The only thing with cancer, with the Vatican, Rome is a little bit hesitant with cancer because, you know, cancer can go away and then come back,
0: you know, 10 years Mm -hmm. down the
2: line. So with my case, they're going to keep it on file, but they have to keep following me. And then maybe if Blessed Father Solanus is not a saint within 10 years, as long as I'm still cancer free, that could be considered as one of the miracles the miracle yeah you
0: heard it wow. here first guys <laughs> i want it
2: i want to be news. there for his canonization but well, my husband was at his beatification yeah. My husband oh. was. Oh, oh, yeah, really? Because his parents are from.
1: Oh, it was in Detroit, yeah, the yeah, Lions in, Stadium. Yeah,
2: and I was at home Lions with my stadium. baby. My baby was young, my second daughter, and I remember thinking, yeah. you know, that's your guy. Go now, guys! I'm literally <laughs> kicking myself. Why did I we're not all, go? You
0: well, know, we're we're all going to yeah. Rome. We're just I'm just calling we it. Go yeah, to- we're all going. Go to Thank you, Lord, for allowing <laughs> us to go to Blitz Salinas Canonization in Rome. <laughs>
2: in advance thank, thank you advance. god ahead of time thank you in
0: advance for that there we go
2: yeah <laughs> so you can cute. see that's it. like one of the miracles there were just so many miracles along the way but the blessed father solanus one was mm-hmm. just huge it was just huge yeah
0: wow I, i'm just blown away
2: but
0: it. yeah it's story. amazing
1: your story is so amazing
0: thank you um, god's amazing let's, let's make suffering great again
2: let's do it <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jessica, this has been such a pleasure, such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And, um, and other than uh, uh, Blessed by Cancer is there, is that where people can find you? Uh, yes. Do you have a, like a website or anything no, else? Just the Instagram page?
2: Just the Instagram at blessed underscore by underscore cancer. Um, you have to type some. Okay. You might have to type it all in. Sometimes they shadow ban me because, you know, Instagram doesn't <laughs> like rosaries yeah. and things like that yeah. right <laughs> yeah, pro-life but yeah and also i'm going to be speaking next not, not next week but on the feast of the immaculate heart and the sacred heart i've been invited to abby johnson's conference to speak at the pro-life conference there oh, nice. so anybody who follows her abby johnson um you might catch me on there too and um just you you'll see me i'm, I'm around just spreading the word that's all i'm doing be around
0: that's just good. spreading the word that's great. we love it that's
1: great. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate your time uh, and and your testimony. And we'll continue to pray for you and your family. pray for us and your family. And it's it's such a joy just to be able to walk with you. Thank you so much for allowing people to walk with you and to be able to pray for you. And and let's just keep, let's yes, keep doing and it. And one more know? thing,
2: my bone scan. Because again, they're you know they keep scanning me looking for things. My my annual bone scan's coming up on June 27th, so if anybody wants to join me for the Mm -hmm. feast or for the uh, novena of the Sacred Heart, we're doing that now, and you can come to my page and I do the results live. I don't look at them before Mm -hmm. I go on, so today when I went on, if you caught me live i had no idea whether it was going to say cancer or not because what? i want to okay. show everyone how much god's plan is above mine so i trust in completely what he's going to say that doesn't mean i think it's going to say no cancer it just means right. i trust yeah. in whatever he's going to say in there yeah. so join me on that june 27th uh, you'll see me do my bone scan i'll probably get the results a day after perfect thanks well and Absolutely. for
0: everyone else go to direct.me forward slash barbatus for more information about the podcast how can you donate to it show notes and all that fun stuff that we have ready for you and uh we'll see you next time Bless Casey, pray for casey pray for us pray for us until the next time